Okay. Hi, everyone. This is Angela, the blah, blah, blonde. And <clears throat> with me again is my special brunette friend, Brittany. Hi. Say hi. Hi. Okay. Again, it's always an act of God to get us on this thing together. <laughs> I don't even know why, but uh. that's a case of how bad do you want it, you know? Hello? Hello? I think I lost her. Hold on. I swear I'm going to lose it. Hello? Hello? Hi, everyone. This is Angela, the blah, blah, blonde, welcoming my guest today, the brunette to my blonde, Brittany. Hi, Hi. Brittany. Okay, so whatever you're doing, stay right where you are because I can hear you perfectly fine now and um, <laughs> not like a sketchy like it was a minute ago. Like you're, uh, 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 uh. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I had to move to a new Walmart because I'm close to my aftercare and I'm staying in this town and on this side of town because gas is uh, costing you a kidney to get filled up. So, yeah, I only have the two, so I don't even know um, what I'm going to do. Unless you're in California, and then it's pretty much costing your entire body. Ugh, yeah. What did you say? It was almost $7 a gallon? So it's uh, about 6 or 7 in L.A. and San Francisco. In Sacramento, it's $5. Oh, in Dallas or Greenville, it's three eighty nine, and I'm flipping my wig over that shit. So no, ma'am. No, thank you. No, ma'am. Oh, so man. how so are you? Uncle, uh, my uncle, my great uncle, I should say. I almost said his name. My great uncle, who actually lives in Mississippi, not too long ago, it was a dollar seventy five a gallon. Ah, uh-uh. um, this poor man is complaining because. It's like two ninety five, like or two, oh. like two nineteen, something like that. Mm-mm. And I was like, "All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a trade off. I will take your two nineteen gas, and you will take my five dollar gas. Does that sound like <laughs> a, a fair trade? Because I I feel like that's a fair trade. That's a absolutely right." Oh, so what's going on with you today, my love? How are you today? Oh my gosh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this I had a pretty rough morning, um, and I just was super irritated about everything that happened back to back. Um, yeah, but we're breathing through it. Nice. I got cussed out by a coworker also on Sunday. Three days ago. Oh, my gosh. In, look, in front of a dining room full of people, full of people, church people. And the person, and it was her, totally her fault. And really, all she had to do, like, I get it. She was frustrated, and she thought something happened that didn't. But <clears throat> she should have stopped cussing and screaming at me whenever I turned away from her and just said, just make the food. Just please just make the food, because the people that we're talking about, that don't have their food. I'm looking right at them. They're hearing this whole conversation and they don't have food. It didn't go somewhere else. It just didn't get made. 
So just make the food. I mean, you can continue cussing and, cu- and, and yelling at me later if you want, but I need this basket <laughs> right now. Gosh. And, and, and she's cussing and screaming at me. And here's what someone told me. They're like, well, I can't even believe that she did that because she gets cussed at and screamed at by kitchen all the time. So you would think that in turn she would not do that to me, but she never even apologized or anything. She apologized to someone else who had nothing to do with the interaction whatsoever. And I'm just like, but you know what? I, I'm a good Christian and I forgave her and I'm moving on. But I, she better hope that she don't ever need me for something immediately. I'll do it, but it's going to take me a minute. Yeah. But I'm good. I'm good. It's been a stressful week. Oh, did you just hear my gasp? You didn't even flinch. I was looking for my I was looking for my glasses and they're on top of my head. Oh wow. <laughs> and so I was like, oh I lost my glasses. No, they're just on top of my head. I lost my I head. did all the time. My favorite thing is be on the phone and needing to leave to go somewhere and be looking for the phone. Like freaking out, like where in the hell is my phone? And I'm on it talking to someone. They're like, um, the one you're on. Oh yeah. Thanks. Oh my gosh. I'm notorious for that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I've done this to my grandma a million times. Like, uh, grandma, I'm going to have to call you back. I lost my phone. And I'll hang up and set it down. I will set it down. And then I would start looking for the phone that I just set down. That I just had in my hand. That I just set down. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, and then I'll pick it back up. And I'm like, I found it. It was in my hand the entire time. She goes, yeah, the one that you were on? Is that the phone? <laughs> did you get another yeah, phone? Yeah. <laughs> well, whenever, right after Taylor died, my, my grief fog was so bad that I never could keep up with anything. Like, I found the remote control in the refrigerator. Um, I found, like, the ice cream. Like, I, Daniel was notorious. His ADHD was so fast that his brain just didn't process things like they were supposed to at all and so a lot of times he would get ice cream and he would put it in the refrigerator and put milk in the freezer or whatever and Mm. i found myself the same thing it's okay if you catch it early enough (laughs) if you don't then you know but it's all good but yeah and i found myself doing that i found the keys um in in the refrigerator i found a lot of things in the refrigerator or on top I'm really good about setting things on top of the refrigerator because so to free up my hands and then not remembering where the hell I put anything. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. So um, what would you like to talk about today? You said we were, you wanted to do a, a, an episode for the Suicide Series. So this is what – this is the Blah 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 Presents the Suicide Series. So it's your dime, kid. Let's hear it. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh man, well I have a list. Not on you. <laughs> I actually don't have so. Uh, lately, the past couple of episodes, I've had notes, and yeah. I actually don't have notes today. I have like a little <laughs> bit of songs, like two songs and a poem that I wanted to read, and then I wanted okay. to get into um, talking some more about suicide and about people who want to commit suicide the ones that you love um yeah yeah, i don't know if i should i guess i should just start with the poem and the songs and then go whatever you think babe this is all you i'm i'm merely just the guide to make sure you stay on point no I i don't even do that i'm just here to listen okay
Oh, are you still there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, dang. Last time it would let me get out of this so that I could read like the songs and the Yeah, it's not going to do that today. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm just going to go out of this to screenshot it and then I'll come back. Okay. I'll wait right here. <laughs> I will tell you that um that I've gotten some feedback from a couple of people that <clears throat> Our interaction is a fan favorite. Um, I'm up to almost 300 listens. Uh, so let me just take a minute to say thank you to everyone that is dedicated and listens every to every episode. I am still overwhelmed by the, the response that this has gotten. And um, I just, you know, it's just still just such a shock to me that that 263 times my podcast has been played 263 times. As of five minutes ago, right before I, I started this one with Brittany. Um, so thank you to all the listeners. I, From the bottom of my heart, I never really thought that, that this would take off like it has. And I've only been doing it since December. So, I mean, I'm pretty stoked about all of this, really and truly. I, my cup runneth over. All right. Um, I was thinking my listeners while you were off playing with your phone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I I don't know how this is going to work. Um, we'll figure it out. Okay. See, I think because you're on there so much now, that kind of sees you as as a uh, as a regular or not really a regular, but like a subscriber or whatnot. Because that's what happens whenever I try to go in and out of of, of a screen. Um, it will mute me also, and um, and uh, and take me kind of on a break from the podcast, I can still do it, but, but as the host, that's what it does for me. And I guess it's doing that to you now too. It didn't do it last time. And so I was like, Oh, I can do that. Like I don't need to write anything down. And apparently I do have to write stuff. Apparently you're moving up in the world, babe. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. Well, I'll try to read this because I was like, oh, I'll just screenshot it. But then I have to edit it to read it anyway. So what we're going to do, can you hear me? Yeah. I guess what we're going to have to do is take it little at a time. I'm actually opening the apps and doing it that way. Okay. Because um, it will let me do it that way. So I'm going to okay. have to scroll through. Okay. I don't know. This is weird. Okay. So this poem is called Newest Exit. It's from Button Poetry, um, a poetry channel that I've talked about in the last podcast. And yeah. So it says, when you are 20 years old, your best friend will tell you that watching an addict collapse into themselves is like being on an airplane that's crashing she'll say that the first thing is remembering how to breathe normally that you can't help anyone unless you get your own mask on first my brothers taught me how to swim by holding me underwater until i had to beat my way to the surface when i finally took my first panic gasp of air they said don't worry kid you're fine you just needed to learn eventually you can only tread water for so long when I was 16, when everyone around me seemed raised fist ready to smack me to the ground, my mother said, sometimes we clench our fists. Not to fight, but because we have something we are terrified to let go of. 
You see, what your friend won't tell you is that when the plane starts going down, you will not want to keep breathing. You will not want to take in air without them. When the plane goes down, you realize you are a life vest with nothing left to wrap yourself around. You can only tread water for so long, so when the tide comes, you will let yourself drift into pain pills, into whiskey, into sets with men who don't know your real name. Mm. You will, oh, I lost it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you will call yourself plane crash. You will call yourself sinking. You will call yourself shrapnel. You will see the engines turn Roman candles. You will see the passengers in first class at night like well-dressed match, well matches. You will see the mountains come rushing towards you like an expected predator. You will see that you are just fooling yourself into thinking you're above gravity. You will realize that drowning has always won in your family. You will remember your lungs were always made for screaming. You will forget about breathing. You will forget about breathing. When you are 20 years old, you will learn watching someone you love die slowly is not like a plane crash. It isn't anything that dramatic. It's a piñata at a birthday party. It's knowing they have been beaten so many times, it's no wonder they split open. It was only a matter of time before everything inside of their chest started pouring out. When you are 20 years old, you will learn that sometimes you fight with absolutely everything you have and lose. People can only tread water for so long. You will remember every single detail I hate, I hate this. Sorry, <laughs> I had to okay. go back to my photos scroll to get to the nuts page. It's really weird how they're making That's me okay. do this. Um, yeah, you will remember, maybe they're doing updates. I don't know. You will remember every single detail of the morning your father took the dog out back when you learned about the two distinctly different types of pain: one that is necessary and leads to healing, and one that is only pointless suffering. You remember the look on his face when he told you the dog was no longer sick, that her misery was over. You will remember that sometimes grief and relief are the same exact word. You will mm. hate yourself for remembering all of this. You will find out that sometimes you don't get to write a pretty ending. That not everyone gets that simple crash closing curtain. Sometimes there is no villain. Sometimes it doesn't end clean. There's no firework finale. There's no plane crash shot note. It just ends in sinking. It just ends in silence. It just ends. Oh, yeah. That's really good. I do love that. And at 20 years old, he thinks that you got the world by the tail. At 20 years old, you think you know everything. I'm almost 52 years old, and I don't know anything. Right. <laughs> at all. I'm not, like, it's, I, they use work in progress in therapy a lot. But, I mean, for me, I feel like that that's, <clears throat> that's always going to be the title. Because it's never ending, and and without if you if you feel like that you've grown all you can grow, then what you know? I, I want to always be sure that I can grow and learn and and heal, you know. Right. Always. Yeah. Um, let me Google these songs to screenshot them, and then I will be back. <laughs> okay. Well, then I will talk in your absence a little bit about depression. Okay. Okay. So I have a clinical diagnosis of depression. Um, and 
for me, that darkness has always been a constant friend. Like it's that's where I'm comfortable. Um, I'm pretty good at hiding and covering up my feelings, but I'm trying really hard to just live in the moment and feel what I feel when I feel it. I don't. I don't want anyone to think that I have an overinflated um, reality in that I think that I've got this recovery licked or this sobriety licked or this uh, mental health healing or whatever. I don't don't think that I've got anything like beaten because I don't. I struggle with it every day. Some days the struggle is better than others, but it's ev- always there. And... Um, so if, if you see me out or you hear me talking on here and I'm just, you know, ridiculously happy, most of the time I am pretty happy. Most of the time I am pretty joyful. Most of the time I, I, I try to get on the podcast and be very positive and optimistic because I want everyone to recover and I want you to figure out what's, what works best for you. But at the same time, I'm trying to figure out what works what's best for me also. And sometimes I don't know how to do it. Sometimes I would, I, I always tell everyone to come on to my show and talk to me because I am a, a, a studier of, of human nature and people. And I love that. And I love everyone's stories. And I love that, that we're all so different and yet so alike. And I love that, that we, can, we can help each other with resources or techniques or tools for your mental well-being, your mental wellness toolbox. <laughs> And so, so I hope that you always feel like that I'm on your team and that I'm part of your tribe. Um, like I said, I'm really good at making it seem like I'm fabulous, <laughs> but that's not always the case. I'm trying to be honest. all try to make it feel that way. Try to make it seem right, that way. right. And it's and it's more about it's more about trying to to feel better for yourself. And less about what I want other people to think about me. I don't. I, I don't care about that. I'm just trying to be real. But sometimes I have to act like it's better than it is because I can't deal with it otherwise. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. I don't want anyone to ever think that my that my overinflated happiness or ego is is a, a guide that you should judge anything by. You shouldn't judge me at all. But. You should, you should definitely know that my sobriety is a work in progress and it is a daily struggle. And it's mostly about my mental health and my state of mind and how I deal with things and less about me wanting to use. But that's, but that's the ever constant also. It's there in the back of my mind that I have to be mindful of, of situations that can lead right to that so quickly. So um, I'm just trying to baby step myself into each segment of the things that I'm working on. Yeah. So, um, and Brittany's back. <laughs> I am. I am. Hi. Hi. <laughs> like, hi. Okay. So this one is called Pray by Jesse Murph. Okay. Um, so it says, I thought I wanted love. Till you this is a song? Me. This is a song. Okay. Okay. I thought I wanted love till you showed me what it was. I've never been golden, but I swear that I showed it. It's a blessing and a curse. For the better, it's only worse. Wouldn't wish this on no one. It's one hell of a low one. We're going up. We're going down. We can run it back. We can work it out. But no. Late at night, going out my mind. 
praying that the sun don't rise, waking up but wishing that you don't. It's something that I pray you'll never know. Up all night, drinking liquor like it's water, waking up knowing I'm somebody's daughter, but I don't know a lot about my father. Maybe that's the reason I don't do shit like I oughta. I need some medicine. This shit that my head is in got me thinking, questioning, lying in this bed I'm in, up all night, drinking liquor like it's water. Maybe that's the reason I don't do shit like I oughta. This is the one that I love. You this might, is the one that I love, yes. <laughs> you might love the highs, but you ain't seen the lows. You don't know the half of it, and I pray you'll never know. Waking up but wishing that you don't is something that I pray you'll never know. Yes, that's the one I love. That one hit pretty deep with me. Yeah. Did you send me the link to that one? What was that? Did you send me the link to that one, or is that the one you missed? No, I sent you the link. I sent, I okay. did not miss anyone. I went back and sent it to you. Oh, okay, okay. I did get several at one time. I was, my apologies, friend. <laughs> I just know you neglected me one time, so now forever I'm going to be like, did you send that? I did. <laughs> you were going into work at the same time I was going into work. Oh, <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, gotcha. And then I was like, yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, so this one is called... Sarah by oh yes this one's good too this one is good so um Minnie who's the singer of we three so we three is a sibling made band right Um, and so it's his older sister um on bass his um older brother on drums and then his baby boy self he's so (laughs) he's he's the smallest he's the littlest he's the baby out of the out of the three yeah Um, and he is phenomenal he makes the most amazing music it's um little backstory so their uh mom actually died from cancer i think the oldest was 15 Oh, wow. I believe. Don't quote me on that. Um, But they also wrote a song called Heaven's Not Too Far Away. And Mm -hmm. it talks about losing their mother to cancer. And it's uh, that one's pretty deep as well. Um, It doesn't talk about suicide, so I won't talk about it on this podcast. Um, But definitely go check out the band, We Three. Um, Heaven's Not Too Far Away. Um, That's a good one, too. Lifeline. Is yes, also yes. one of those that. that I really like. Um, yes. You know, he says, um, Manny, he's the lead singer. He says, um, <laughs> Can you call my lifeline? Because I give up and I'll raise my right flag and just give in. Mm. Um, he's, this, that one's really good. This, that one I've been really liking as well. Um, but the one that I'm going to elaborate on now is called Sarah. This um, one's good too. They're all so good. We three. Um, I feel like one's... your playlists are sad, friend. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Not all of them. I okay. I heal by music, and so yes, I. Actually... I that's how we relate. I absolutely agree. I have I... my go to ones where just I, I have one playlist that's just called "fuck it." <laughs> and and, I, and my music uh, choices vary. I mean, you, I, I could go from. Super sad, like bring out the lighter and start waving it in the air, kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. To 
like fuck it, like to rock to rap to anything. Yes, yes, to like let's kick today's ass. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, like I literally went from Sarah, um, like from the song to I don't fuck with you. You stupid little ass bitch, I'm fucking with you. You know, it's, it varies. It varies. You're, it's so funny when you rap. You're the whitest white girl I know. I know. <laughs> it's so adorable, though. <laughs> um, so this one's called Sarah. So it's there's a live version on YouTube that I sent you as well. Okay, um, cool. I Thank like you. a lot better. It just has, because it's live, it has uh, definitely yeah. a lot more emotion to it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, a, I'm a really big fan of the acoustic set, too, because I feel like that's just so raw and so real and, like, in the moment. I'm with you on the live stuff. Like, you can, uh, like, okay, so the concert that I just went to, oh, my gosh. The guitarist <laughs> that Shelby remained nameless, I mean, like, I felt all his music now I don't know if that's just particular to me or but I could feel everything and I always feel the music like I feel it deeply I always have but I definitely I definitely um you and I have a lot in common well we have a lot in common anyways but with the music especially I feel like a lot of people that struggle with things their go-to is going to be music or or some kind of artistic um, something because painting, because, drawing, poems. How we get outside of ourselves. Ooh, cool mohawk, dude. Um, I want a mohawk so bad. Um, my hair's way too long for that. But anyways, sorry, I digress. I'm at Walmart again, so of course there's a lot going on in the parking lot. <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like that that because that's how we get lost inside ourselves. Like I'm an avid reader. I haven't been reading lately because I've been trying to live in the moment and. And I'm really bad about once I get into a good book, I don't want to do anything else but finish it. And I'm trying to pace myself with my patience. And, you know, I'm, I've got a lot of things that I'm working on. Um, Is that why you haven't joined my book club yet? Like you joined okay. it, but you are not responsive in it? So I haven't been on it at all because, well, in my reception, as you know, is hit and miss. But, mm-hmm. you know, since I'm moving soon, that's going to be uh, that's going to be probably. Uh, a moot point and for and plus I can't afford to buy the books just yet but I but soon friend I I, I haven't forgotten about your traveling book club <laughs> okay I I got you plus I know you're going to give me the reader's digest version of everything and read me the good stuff but I'm still going to backlog all the books that you're talking about I haven't forgotten a, a single thing that you're doing love you're you're on top of things okay I was okay. the only one that um joined in the um the like the meet and greet to our previous book and it was embarrassing. I was just like, well, I, I didn't get go. off as soon as possible. I, did. I didn't go because I didn't read the book yet. So that's okay. Well, we recommend like even if you haven't read the book, you can still join and just listen to the everybody's conversation. And by everybody, I mean myself because I was <laughs> the only one that was on there. I'm so <laughs> sorry, friend. But yeah, if you guys like books, it's an open book club uh, that I started after my second suicide attempt in August. Um, it's called Sis- uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Book. Um, it's on Facebook, so go find us. Yeah, it's she really digs in and get and she lets you vote on like what genre you want to read and then what book and it's very interactive. Very interactive. 
Um, and it's two months, so you have two months to read your book. Um, so if life gets too busy, you have that cushion. Um, because most book clubs are one month. Um, yeah. You know, you have a couple weeks to a month to read it. Ours is two months because we understand that life gets busy. Yes. Um, or you're a procrastinator and wait till the very last <laughs> minute. It just, it's, it, I waited till last minute, honestly, to finish the previous book that we had. And I was actually, I got off at 4 p.m. on Saturday and had an hour the like it started at 5 p.m for the um for the meet and greet video conference life thing on facebook yeah and i was sitting there for 45 minutes trying to finish my questions and my quotes and everything that i wanted to share so yes sometimes you're a procrastinator like me um like your lovely little admin <laughs> but, yeah hey, but that, like, that's real that's what's real you know it is so yeah sisterhood of the traveling book um then- that you're doing that because you 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 and i used to also have that in common where we were notorious for putting things off that's true and now neither one of us do oh well i still do well you don't do it as much no thanks thanks you- for making me look good yeah, always. Of course, babe. <laughs> you're you're doing the book thing and you're doing a lot of, you're doing a lot more than you think you are, honestly. And I feel like once you got out of your grandparents' house that that you started to really come into your own a little bit more because you had kind of had to and and since I've been since I was gone that 13 months, you have really blossomed into quite the quite the young woman. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of brat. you. You're still my brat, but you're you're not <laughs> as big a brat as you used to be. <laughs> um. So this one, the song is called Sarah by We Three. Um. So is it many, Sarah or just S A R A? S A R A. Okay. Um. And Manny, the lead singer in We Three, um, when he does the live version. He, you know, he goes on to, to say that this is about someone named Sarah and this is for all the Sarahs out in the world and the common lie that us Sarahs like to tell is that we're alone and we're unloved and unwanted and that's just not true because um, it's yeah. not it's not true it's just the lie that the world or our demons or our brains um, yeah try to tell us stinking thinking and he even goes on to say you know father sarah's like myself um is what he says so it's like it's like himself he wrote this song um thinking about himself as well and so it's just it's really deep and so yeah it's not just about someone named sarah it's for all the sarahs out there in this world so i'll get on to the lyrics okay Little Sarah, you're a diamond in the rough, and I know that you don't hear this all enough, and I'm sure that's why your wrists have lots of cuts, and Mm. I'm sure that's why you think you're not enough. On your 19th birthday, you thought that you were done. Tons of people in your home, but it only felt like one. Um, So digressing, I felt like that on my 21st birthday. My grandma was, like, my grandma planned the party, and it's just like, I had so many people, but I felt like I was on my own. I felt you like kept I disappearing to your room. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I felt so, like that on my 30th birthday. My mom had just died, and my dad 
threw me a party uh, to try to make me feel better. And everybody came. I mean, like more people than what probably would have if my mom hadn't just died. And I just remember sitting on the couch by my dad and holding his hand. And we weren't really like that kind of, we didn't have that kind of relationship. We were close, but I mean, we, we were just sitting on the couch and holding each other's hands and looking, not talking or looking at each other. And both of us were just crying and just sitting there in the middle of the party. I remember that like it was yesterday. And, and he was like, I'm sorry. And so I really tried to make your birthday something, something special. And I was like, it's okay. It was going to suck no matter what, you know, but I appreciate the effort. And we just sat there for a long, long, long time. And the party just went on around us and, it was really nice that everyone came, but I just, I mean, I don't know what I would have rather been doing because it, it, it didn't really matter the logistics of it all. My mom wasn't going to be there, you know? Right. Okay, go ahead. I'm harder. sorry. No, you're yeah. good. Yeah, like she, she died July the 11th and I turned 30 August 28th. So it, it was like just barely almost two months. And it was it, a new, uh, new cut. It was a fresh cut. Yeah, and I and it was my thirtieth birthday. You know, it was kind of a milestone birthday, and yeah, we and she and I had big plans. We were gonna get, we were gonna go do like a mother daughter portrait picture thing, you know, and and just do some for like friend stuff, like stuff that you do as an adult child that's friends with their mother, and <laughs> I didn't get to do any of that. And anyways, I miss her. Yeah. I understand. Go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> okay. Little Sarah, little Sarah, you're a diamond in the rough, and I know that you don't hear this all enough, and I'm sure that's why your wrists have tons of cuts, and I'm sure that's why you think you're not enough. On your 19th birthday, you thought that you were done, tons of people in your home, but it only felt like one, because your brain can only think about the waiting the waiting loaded gun but your friends are still here so pretend you're having fun all your mm. friends they want to drink because it's your birthday but you've been drinking straight probably since last thursday drinking that definitely is the only <laughs> yeah drinking is the only thing that makes you feel just okay it seems it keeps the trigger finger off the trigger and at bay your mind can only think about the things that shouldn't. Your brain is filled with thoughts of wishing that you didn't. Little Sarah, prick your ears up, try to listen, but she can't hear a sound because she's locked in a prison. Mm. She can barely see the payment. She can barely read the signs. People think she's complicated and never want to look inside because she's a little too R-rated and they're a little too damn blind. But she's just looking for her angels, but they're a little hard to find. Mm. Little Sarah, you've been skipping out on class, and any minute now your friends are going to ask why the hell you're always acting sort of sad, and why the hell your read just never seems to last. But their view's been screwed by their plastic news from their plasma tubes, so they won't fit in your shoes, except for Sunday blues, but you got Monday blues, you got Tuesday blues, damn every day you might lose. All your friends, they want to smoke because it's a Friday, but you've been smoking straight probably since last Sunday. I know you know you shouldn't say that you are okay, and you still look them in the eye and lie, then go to use your ashtray. Mm-hmm. Little Sarah, last night you got it bad, and that moment you can barely even add up two or three reasons why you're glad, and I guess that's why you grabbed your pen and pad. 
It was 614 and you could barely even read all the words you written down or why it was time for you to leave. Your phone was on the ground and you could barely hear it ring, couldn't even hear a sound, couldn't feel a single thing. That song is so deep. And it was, oh, wait. Now it's 15 and you're on your knees, blood is on your sleeves and your lungs won't breathe, eyes are rattling, body shivering, and you're wondering what is happening. Now it's 23 and they're on their knees begging, Jesus, please, can you make her breathe? Because they finally see what's happening underneath their nose and underneath your sleeves. Mm. She can barely see the pavement. She can barely read the signs. People think she's complicated and never want to look inside because she's a little too R-rated and they're a little too damn blind. She's just looking for her a little hard to find. Yeah, I think my daughter was a Sarah. (laughs) I'm a Sarah. I know you're a Sarah. I'm a Sarah. So, I never was very. I never was very good at being a cutter. Um, oh my god! Because it, it usually only took me like one slice and be like, "Oh yeah, fuck that. <laughs> that shit hurts." <laughs> Every time, like it would snap me back, definitely. But I never. I always cut my legs. I never cut my wrists, my hands, my arms. Taylor did. Taylor was a bad cutter, and I and and she did it right under my nose, and I never even knew it. And yeah. then. The last really bad cut, she came out of the, I came out of the bathroom and she grabbed me in the hallway and she was hysterical. And, and I was like, what happened? What happened, baby? What's wrong? And she pulled her, her sleeve back and her arm was just, I mean, she used this, the dullest Swiss army knife that's probably in her possession, dull, rusty, gross, her and her scar was so ugly. And I think that she loved it better that way. I feel like that, that she did. I don't remember if she told me that or not, but. And I took her, and she asked me to take her to someplace, and I think I've talked about this before, but, and when I took her, they never even bandaged it up or cleaned it up or anything. It just stayed ugly. And she's like, she said that that was okay, that it fit her, it, it, it suited her better, as ugly as it was. And that always broke my heart. Oh, yeah. Because that kid had a beautiful soul. You know, she had the biggest heart. And what's really sad is, and then I'll I'll let you let you talk about your suicide uh, issues or whatever you were going to talk about. Um, but <clears throat> the, what was really sad is how many people she tried to reach out to the last week before she died, and everybody was busy. And it's not just it, it wasn't anything specific. She never said, "Hey, this is your last week of me being here on Earth." She just said, "Hey, you want to hang out sometime this week?" Da da da. You know, and and every single person. I mean, every every message I read in her phone because I'm, I'm you know just trying to piece her last time here together and just trying to get a piece of her back. You know, so yeah, I read all of her messages and looked through all of her shit. And but every single one of them, so they were either busy working or they didn't get the message until it was too late. I mean, it just, every bit of it broke my heart. And it's just like, she just tried to, to see everybody before she left. Everybody. And no one had, no one had time for her. At That's all. That's how it is when you decide 
that's going to be the last day on earth. Um, for me, I just woke up that morning and back in August. And so when I was 18, it was a week. I was planning it for about a week. Um, and yeah. trying to see everybody try to give away stuff. I try to get yeah. my possessions away. And then, she did that. um, in August, it was that day I woke up and I was like, this is going to be my last day. Didn't tell anybody, didn't talk to anybody. Um, I was working something that I really want to do before I die is um, in like, I know I'm going to die is pack up all my possessions and, you know, label it like this is going to go to my grandparents. Like these paintings are going to go to my grandparents. These items are going to go to my brother. These items are going to go to Angela. These items are going to (laughs) go to this person so that it makes it easier. Right. But and, you can't you, you know, can't stay packed up like that, Brittany. That's I what your know. will is for. It's but that's how you know, that's how it's for me, you know, most women have their wedding planned out by the time they're sixteen. I didn't. And I've had I, my funeral planned since I was sixteen. Yeah. And that so, breaks my heart. But I'm glad that you're still here. Thank you. It's, and I, I don't mind playing because I'm such a control freak. <laughs> I don't want them screwing it up. I want it to be exactly how I want it. And I don't even know why it matters. I know. it's it, I do. Like, I had the song picked out of yes. what they're going to play when they're burying me into the ground. Yes. With yes. my dark sense of humor, it's uh, Drop It Like It's Hot. Because <laughs> 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 um, that's my... Dark sense of humor right there. That's hilarious. Um, I have... I'm going to think about you dying. Thanks, <laughs> asshole. Appreciate you. I have a... You know, I have the playlist figured out. I have my invitations yeah. planned out. The fact that I'm sending invitations to Wait, my funeral, like, it's... <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, is it invitation only? Is it elite? Like, I know um, you were a princess. Wow. Now, wow. That came about because I was or is. I'm still really good friends with this person. Um, but I am really good friends with her family, except for a couple people who don't even notice that I'm alive. Like they they know they're like, oh, like she could be like, oh yeah, Brittany's coming to dinner and then they will not save a spot for me. Mm. And you know, this happened on multiple occasions and um <laughs> you know, one of his one of the sisters um told me one day she goes, you should um you should invite him somewhere and then not save him a spot too. And so I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite people to my funeral and then not save spots for certain people <laughs> that treated me like that. <laughs> and so or, or you just, just have to stand just, in the back. Or just know that it's probably less to do with you and more to do with them and, and not even worry about who comes and who doesn't because you're going to be gone. That would be the non-petty thing, yes. <laughs> Some of that will come with age, friend. I, I I forget that you're just in your twenties. Um, but no, I've had this like I've had my funeral planned out um for so long, and so it's just like I feel like 
packing your possessions up and labeling them to who gets what will make it easier on them. <clears throat> right, so they, but they don't you're gone, then who cares? Like, it, not, yeah, let me just, I just tell you. I want to make it easier on people. Let me just tell you one thing. Even if you did all of that, nothing is going to make anything easier. You're going to yeah. still be gone. It's not, and, and I can say that with, with uh, as a person who's written five eulogies for people that I, that were, that were my people, my tribe, my home tribe, you know, my mom, my dad, um, several dogs, my brother, my daughter, my grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins, friends. Um, there's nothing that is going to change the, the intensity of the day. It's nice gesture, but in the end, like if it were me, I'm going to look through everybody's stuff anyways. Yeah. If, I'm of, if I'm in charge of divvying it all out, I'm not going to take something that you set aside, but I'm looking through all the shit you want your grandparents to have. I'm unpacking all your shit just to look and see who's getting what, just to see where your, where your head was at, just to see, you know, how kind of how you feel about it. I'm just nosy. <laughs> I'm just nosy. <laughs> have that just, just, to have, just to have that last piece of you you know, like where your headspace was right in that moment, in one of those last moments, you know? Yeah. That's where I always go. I want to know what someone did the last week of their life or the last days or who they talked to or what they said or, you know, like, I'm just, I just, I mean, like, I was living, I lived with Taylor and <clears throat> in the three months of her, her last three months on earth, <clears throat> she changed so much. I mean, like a downward spiral, like I've never seen anyone spiral so out of control so fast. And so, I mean, everything she was doing was uncharacteristic of her. She was still in there, but she wasn't, you know, <clears throat> it, it was like she just couldn't wait to get out of her own skin. I mean, and, and what's so crazy is it was so subtle at the time. It was so gradual and so subtle that you didn't even notice it until you looked back after the fact when it was too late. <clears throat> like, and, 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 and I can sit here and say that I can, I looked back and I was like, how did I not see this and this and this and this? I was the one closest to her at that moment, but she, but that kid had been throwing out signs and since she was 14 about, you know, she wasn't long for this world and da, 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 and, and just trying to reach her mother. And I was so in my addiction that I never saw any of it until it was too late. None of it. And, 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 and I've always been, okay, even before her suicide, I've always been an advocate for mental health and suicide prevention. <clears throat> and, I, and I knew the signs. I knew the signs. I knew, <clears throat> I didn't know quite as much about bipolar disorder then as I do now, but the mental health side of it, the depression, the, the, the suicide uh, uh, signs, you know, to look for, especially in teenagers, I knew every bit of that. And I never, it never even... I knew that she was dark. I knew she was depressed. I knew that she was pissed off at God because her Nana was gone. But I just chalked a lot of that up to teenage angst and a lot of it wasn't. And that's what I have to live with that, that, you know, Oh, I'm such a, I'm, I'm, she used to tell me that I was such a great mother to everyone else, except for the kids that I made. She said, you know, as a mother, as my true mother, you suck. But you're a great mom to everybody else. You do everything for everybody else. And that was true. And she's like, I don't, and she told me, she said, I don't know if it's that you're trying to put up appearances or if you just don't get it or you just don't give a shit about the kids you made. 
And it was none of those things. It just, I just, I don't know. I guess maybe I didn't try hard enough to get close enough to my kids. Everyone else would come to me, you know, and like they never did until they were older. But that was my job to, to make sure that they felt like they could. And I failed at that. Yeah. But I mean, I, it got better when, once they got older. Like, like I said, if, if she would, and I wouldn't have gotten our shit straight, I don't know that, that you would even be talking to me or would have ever even met me. Cause I don't know that I would have survived. And I also don't know if I had survived, like the, the quality of person that I would have been, it would have just been zero or less. I mean, so I don't have regrets as much as I, uh, as much as probably people think I should, because she and I did work out all of our shit. We worked it out a lot. We talked all the time. Once we broke that barrier, we talked every day, all night long. We would just sit in my room and watch comedy shows and color in our coloring books and, you know, just be together. And, and I will treasure that for God until my last breath, you know, and, because me and Daniel have always been close, but me and Taylor never had. And she actually got to have her mother for the, like the last year and a half of her life. Hmm. And, 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 and I, I, I can't, I can't find any fault in that. You know, I wish it were longer, but she get, at least gave me that, you know? So that's actually one of the things that I wanted to talk about is, like people blaming others and also people yeah. blaming themselves. So there's yeah. not a straight line when it comes to suicide or depression or anxiety right. or panic attacks. You can't just be like, well, it's the way that they lived with their parents. No, it's not. Yeah. You know, it's not one straight line. It's a little roller coaster of emotions oh, yeah. and variables things and connections and and perceptions. Yeah, and because like what like I could say the same thing to you three days in a row, and all three days you would read it differently. Yeah. Um, and you know, just like how you're like, there's always two sides to a story. Yeah, it's just because people look at. St- things differently so you know what I what I told my manager today about the co-worker that yelled at me she could after I left she could be telling her a whole different story because everybody's perception is different and has always been different there's no straight line to anything I was actually talking to a really good friend of mine um that I've known since middle school and I keep reminding her, she's like, oh, yeah, I'll listen to your podcast um, when I'm at the gym. And then, you know, she was talking a few hours later. She's like, yeah, um, me and my husband went to the gym. It was really nice. And I was like, oh, what did you think? And she was like, oh, the gym's really nice. And I was like, no, like you said you were going to listen to my podcast. She goes, oh, I forgot. And I was like, okay. And, you know, this went on for quite a few times where she's like, okay, I will listen to it tomorrow when I go to the gym. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I'll listen to it tomorrow when I go to the gym. Oh, I forgot. And it was just constantly that. And we were talking about something. I don't even know how the subject came up. And it was pretty late at night for both of us, especially for her. Um, yeah. She was in Texas. So I think it was almost 
midnight or a little past midnight um, there. And it was 10 o'clock, which is pretty late for me here in Sacramento. And, you know, she's like, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't want to listen to your podcast. And I was just like, oh. Wow. Well, why did she just say that originally? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so I was just like, oh, and I was like, okay. And I was like, that's fine. I just thought that you would, you know, want to support, you know, your best friend. I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I just wanted like, and I gave her the choice. I'm like, you know, would you like me to send the podcast? And she said, yes, I would love to listen to it. And then she finally was like, you know what? I don't want to listen to it. And she told me, she's like, I don't want to listen to it because I wasn't there. And, like, how do you think that I felt when I found out that you were going to kill yourself, that you were planning on killing yourself, and I wasn't there? Like, how Like how dare you put that on me? And, I, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not blaming anybody because I don't blame right. anybody. It's right. one of those things where no one's at fault. You're not at fault. Um, well, Angela's not at fault. Uh, <laughs> right. I can't say his name. She's not <laughs> at fault. Um, yeah. You know, my other friends are not at fault. My family isn't even at fault. No one's at fault. It's not and about place and blame. Right, right. I think, and that's what a lot of people, when you talk about suicide or depression, that's what a lot of people do so quickly is that they do blame. Yes, yes. Other well, people, and I, or they blame I think, themselves. I think a lot of that is is also too that they 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 relate somewhere deep inside of them with that person, and they feel like that there's something wrong with them, even though the world is filled with people that all feel the same way. Someone wants to take take on the notion that this makes me defective, when in fact it's actually more of the norm than not. Like if you tell me one person that's not never battled with any type of depression, situational or 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 uh, uh, seasonal, seasonal, yeah. That I was thinking weatherly. <laughs> I couldn't think of seasonal. <laughs> any kind of depression it, for any long periods of time, then I then I'm going to tell you that you're you're a liar or a cartoon. You know, maybe you. Go, I don't know, but maybe not a liar. But I mean, I just feel like that everybody has has battled with something mental health wise. And that whether you want to it to be part of your DNA or not, it just is. But we all want to be be normal, but nobody really tells us what normal is. Like right. this is normal. This 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 battle through life. This is normal. This is what builds your character. This is what teaches you how to overcome things. This is how you how you survive. And some people do it way better than others, but we all have to figure out how to do it. Right. And that's like something that I didn't even realize. Like I I think I, that has to do with her own guilt probably. And I'm guessing, but it sounds like she's just, you know, she she doesn't want to be reminded that she wasn't able to to spot it and fix it immediately. You know what I mean? And and that's that's not a bad thing, but that's why I don't ask anybody, have you listened I I started out list- asking people if they listen to the podcast, but now you know what? Listen or don't, it's out there. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I do care. It's not that I don't care, but I'm not going to hassle you about it because because then I'll get then that'll make me feel some type of some type of way, and and I just don't need that added pressure on myself. You know. Well, and it just but, but it made me realize I'm like, how many people actually 
feel about this when I talk about my suicide so casually. Like, how yeah. many people are like, I wasn't there. Like, I didn't know. I didn't see it. I didn't catch it. And I'm like, no, that's because I did not go to anybody when I was at my lowest. Because how I feel like there's two different types of people in this world. And that's the type that's like, oh, my God, I've been through A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Like, just get over it. Like, I got yeah. through it. Get over it. You're fine. You got nothing yeah. on me. And... Even though you can see that they haven't worked out their own shit, but because they bury <laughs> it, they yeah. think that they have worked it out. And then they tell you to just hey, get over it. And it's just so like, well, if I ever bury my shit, I need you to tell me that I'm burying my shit. <laughs> okay, definitely ditto. Okay. And so I think that that's one of the things where they like they bury their own shit and then they expect you to bury it. And it's just like, oh, get over it. And it's like, it's so funny because it's like, it's, you haven't worked out your own shit. Like, you just... I I feel like burying something is... Burying something isn't going to keep it buried. I've watched crime documentaries for crime, for Christ's sake. Like, I've seen... The dog will dig it up. <laughs> tubs be washed out from the sea that yes. you got you buried in the sea. And they will be washed up years later because nothing stays buried. No, all it does is it stacks on top. It it layers and layers and layers until it explodes into a huge manifestation of all your cumulative shit. And then it's like a volcano just spewing out bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. And it's very overwhelming. And you have that's why you have to deal with it as it comes or try to. Nothing stays buried. Not even a volcano stays buried. Not even an inactive volcano stays buried because it's going to be active. It's going to later, it's still gonna erupt, even though scientists say that it was inactive. I've seen it multiple times. Oh, inactive <laughs> volcano erupts. Like, oh, okay, yeah. so it wasn't really inactive. Yeah, like, it was I just think you're... <laughs> so I think that that's so there's type A person who will yeah. just tell you to just get over it, work on your own, like deal with deal with it. You know, I got, yeah. you got nothing on me because I've been through this. And then yeah. there's also type B people who are like, man, don't listen to that. You have come a long way. Yeah. And if you feel that way, you feel that way. And you yeah. need to own up to that. And so I think when it comes to mental illness or depression, anxiety, PTSD, panic attacks, anything that has to do with your mental state, you're always going to get that two types of different people and you never know who you're going to get. So when you are trying to validate your feelings and you're trying to get help by saying, Hey, I want to kill myself. You don't know which person you're going to get. You don't know which person is like, Oh my God, I need you to stay on the phone with me all night long. Don't do this. We're going to talk about this. Or you could get the person that's like, man, I've been to prison. I've done drugs. I've done this. Talking about me? No, no, I'm not. I'm talking about somebody else who I know who like told me this too, and you know she was just like, "You got like, I if I can get over that, you can get over it." I'm like, "Bitch, you haven't gotten over it though." Yeah. <laughs> well, here's my advice to to what you're saying. That's why you seek professional help. That's why, yeah. 
Um, but even Everybody if you're so eyes. afraid, not everyone is. It's trying to find a good, finding an outlet to plug in a phone, to plug in a computer, to plug in anything is easier than finding a good shrink. So not a lot of people, and not and because of the health industry, yeah. finding help, finding mental help, finding professional help is harder for some people. Well, right. I agree with that. But let me just say that in a crisis situation, all you need is a crisis line. Like someone to talk you off of that ledge, then they'll give you, they'll load you up with resources. And they'll t- like, okay, so you, you all heard me talk about the crisis text line. Like I go to that all the time, whether I'm suicidal or not, it's just if I'm overwhelmed and I can't get to anybody else or I just don't trust, I feel like either in my world, I have people that in my support group that no matter what I do, my shit doesn't stink. Like they just, I'm just doing great and I'm awesome and, and everything's going to be okay. And they're, they're lying to me with and shoving rainbows and glitter up my ass. You know, <laughs> I love them for that, but I don't need that right then. Then I have the, all of my naysayers who are a thousand percent doom and gloom and you should have expected this. The world sucks. Everybody sucks. You know, what, what did you expect? That's how my A and B go. So whenever I, need help being talked off of that ledge I, I use the crisis text line because they're gonna be they're just gonna listen to me and get it out and a lot of times when I'm talking to them I can I can text it and read it back and be like oh my god I just figured out my own shit like you know yeah and, I, and, and they just let me do that and they don't judge and sometimes they've got resources and sometimes they'll they'll ask the right questions like they they really ask you the right questions and make you stop and think like, oh, well, why would I do that that way? Or what if I did it this way? Or what if I didn't do it at all and just waited till tomorrow to see what happens, you know? And yeah. and I mean, I will tell you also that I have I have used the, the crisis lines when I have been suicidal. And um, I can tell you that one of the hotlines talked to me one time way back in the day when they were brand, brand new. Uh, she talked to me for about five hours because I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't get my shit together. And I was just like, well, and I just kept telling her all the ways that I was going to do it. And she was like, okay, well, what if you tried this instead? What if, I mean, she was amazing, amazing. And, um, Amanda, her name was Amanda. I'll never forget that. As long as I live, Amanda, I don't know if you're listening or where you are, if you're whatever, it was in the nineties, two thousands or something, but golly, she saved my life that night. She honestly did because I just had, I had all these things written down about different ways I could do it and, and what the consequences would be. Cause I was like, they always ask you about, well, what about your consequences? Okay, bitch, I got you covered on consequences. Like if I do it this way, this is what's going to happen. If I do it this way, da, 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 I, I had a will put out who I was leaving, who the kids were going to, what everything, I had all my bases covered except for the doing it part. And, and, and I just had to figure out which method was going to work the best for me. And I basically, I told myself that I called her or called the line to, um, to figure out which, which way was the the least shocking, I guess. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Because that was the way I was going to do it. That way people would be like, yeah, we knew she was fucked up. We knew she was depressed. You know, I'm not surprised she died, but you know, pretty low key the way she did it you know it wasn't like all this hoopla no brain splatter everywhere or whatever and you know just you know pretty pretty easy she pretty much eased into that suicide like you know like like 
like I was trying to make it okay for everybody else to to discuss. Like <laughs> I don't even know where my mental state was at that point, but it wasn't good <laughs> at all. Like none of that made logical sense at all. And 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 Amanda talked to me for five hours, a little over five hours. And, and, and she, she listened to every single one of my, my, my choices and my consequence, you know, she listened, let me read the whole spiel, blah, 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 blah. And, and she just talked to me without judgment and, and calmly, like we were just having a conversation like me and you were having, like we weren't talking about me ending my life in 18 different ways, you know? Yeah. And, and I, so I will always be an advocate for the, the, the crisis lines and like, and I told her I was going to get a therapist and all this and all that, but I didn't have the money and I didn't do it. But I didn't, I didn't try my, I didn't do my lists again ever. And I, and I burned those lists and I, I don't even remember what all was on them at this point, but because I didn't use them, but I mean, yeah. So I'm always going to be an advocate right in that moment. You just need, if you can't use your own thought stoppers, then, then, then I feel like the crisis lines can be your thought stoppers for you. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's all you really need is just to redirect your focus and then give it some time because time will usually at least briefly will 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 you know give you a little bit more of a, of a perspective and in my case it gave me more perspective um in hindsight i should have gotten more therapy but like you said if you have the money to do it and you, you don't have insurance then finding this the right one is the trick so but I mean, you can do it online now, and, and if you need to bounce around to, from, from therapist to therapist until you find someone that you are absolutely in sync with, then that's what you have to do. you got to do the same thing whenever you go to these recovery groups, um, NA or AA or Celebrate Recovery or SOS or, you know, just what it, whichever recovery group works for you. And even within the same, like, even if you find an NA, like, like, like let's say if you're going to NA, you go around to different locations because they're all made up of different people until you find your people until you find the place where you're comfortable sharing your whole entire life with, or whatever the case may be, keep looking, keep moving around. I mean, it, it's, it's your dime basically, you know, find your therapist that fits your needs, find you a recovery group that fits your needs, find you a, a, a group, a support group that fits your needs. And even within the same organization move around to the different meetings you know until you're until you feel like you're putting on your favorite pair of jeans you know until you feel feel that comfort keep searching never stop searching don't don't judge all the other ones by this one meeting that sucked really bad you know yeah and the same with a the therapist like sometimes therapists they don't suck but they're just not the right one for you they're not the right everybody one. yeah you got to make sure your personalities match up you got to make sure that you're comfortable like, I can tell you how comfortable I am with my therapist now. I never want to leave. <laughs> like, I just want to sit in there and just chill with him all day. <laughs> I mean, I really honestly do. I mean, that's how comfortable I am with him. Yeah. But this isn't about me. You got to stop letting me talk over you. This is about <laughs> you, Brittany. I talk all the time. I mean, um, the first therapist that I got uh, after the incident back in December um, that diagnosed that diagnosed me with PTSD and depression. Um, mm -hmm. She was not the right one, and I was trying to because um, my job was paying is paying for the therapy um, because yeah. I'm on workman's comp as they the should. Yeah, um, as they should. 
and I was I was like whatever she's free and I was just talking to no. my general practitioner and I was like you know what like she's free um it took me two months to get her like I don't want to try to find another one I don't want to have to talk about it again and she's like well you need to talk about it again like you yeah. need to keep talking about it yes until you know until you get past it like you have to keep talking about it that's how you gonna get through it and yeah. you know she's like if she's not working for you we need to find you another therapist so you yeah. need to let me know and I played this round and round game with her for mm. like a month well kudos to her no no and then finally <laughs> I was just like I can't do it with her she's not the one like she's not the therapist that I want to keep talking to and she was right. like okay let's find you another one yeah. And within well, a let me week, just add. Let me just work. let me just add that I think it's great that your job is paying for that. I didn't even know that was an option. I thought workman's comp was basically just physical stuff, but that makes me that gives me a little bit more uh, uh, faith in human spirit that that that's an option. Yes. And so within a week, you found another one. Is that what you said? And within a week, we found another therapist that I have now, and she's been really. She's been really good. She makes my feelings feel valid. Where that oh, other good. one didn't. And so good. it was. No, it took a lot. And I feel like I feel like people either blame themselves or blame other people when somebody they know tries to kill themselves. And I know that yes. you talk about it a lot where after Taylor died, people were blaming you. Yeah. Um, they still and- do. It's just, it's like, where do you get off in that? <laughs> it's it's trying to make logic, and I say this all the time, it's just someone trying to make logical sense out of an illogical situation. Somebody's got to be responsible for it. Who is, re- because they don't want to blame Taylor because she's not here to defend herself. You know what I mean? And plus, it's- if they, but I mean, there's, it's, they don't understand that it's a blameless, there's no, it's not anybody's fault. It just is. It's just is. Yes. Yes. And there's nothing being mad about it or, or like my, like my aunt wanted me to sue um, Zoloft because she had taken, was supposed to be on Zoloft. I said, I'm not going to do that. You know why? Because it's not going to bring her back. Me being pissed off at the whole world or you or you or this or that trying to sue, trying to do this. Nothing is going to bring that child back to me. So none of it fucking matters at all to me. If, yeah. you know, if I could do one fucking thing, one, only one thing on the planet that would bring her back, I'd have already done it. But none of that's going to, it's just going to prolong the healing process. And I need to heal from this as much as I can, because it hurts so fucking bad that there's nothing else I can think about in that moment. You know, it's nobody's fault. It's not, no. it wasn't Taylor's fault. It's not no. your fault. It's not Daniel's fault. It's not. Right anybody's fault it's not my fault that I wanted to do it it's yeah not my friends in California it's not their fault that they weren't there. no it's not my friends in Texas fault like it's not their fault that they <clears throat> weren't there it's nobody's fault and I think that that's one of the hardest things to kind yeah. of comprehend it's nobody's fault and I was talking to the California Angela um, <laughs> you can say his name if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he wants me to. I have yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see him. I like nicknames. Nicknames are adorable. You know, we talked about that a few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Um, he, 
you know, he, I came into work on Sunday and he, I bought him food because I made shrimp scampi. Shrimp was on sale, like $13 for two. Oh yeah, you did make the shrimp scampi. Yes. How did that turn out? It turned out really good, except my dumbass decided to double it for absolutely <laughs> no reason at all. And it was just me eating it. And so, you know, he, I, I'm always bringing him food. And he's yeah, like, I feel that. like you doubled it on purpose. And I was <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. Don't it. I'm like, whatever. And I was like, but I didn't this time. And he was like, uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, whatever, you got shrimp scampi out of it. I don't know what you're complaining for. Um, <laughs> but it's so I brought him food and he's just like, How are you? And I was like, you know, I'm okay. It's been a stressful almost two weeks. Um, my grandfather's in the ICU and yeah. um in another know, state. In another state, and so I'm getting constant updates and And the updates are <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the updates have finally gotten uh, settled down to where it's not just like blah 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 that's it I've been forbidden <coughs> updates now <laughs> so yes yes you should not- have been fired from that because of your you yeah you should never ever ever sleepy text because you suck at it I'm just I saying do, I do suck at it no so I told um it's okay no, it's off the subject <laughs> off the subject but okay. I was texting my great uncle so my grandpa's brother and I was like yeah and this was a voice text message so there was nothing to proofread I'm sure you could have proofed listen to it but I did not I just was sending it it was going to be a one and done type of thing yeah yeah and easy peasy on him, I said, well, they had to put him under seduction <laughs> in order to do the brain scan because he's getting aggressive. And <laughs> he comes back with, I think, sedation is the word you're looking for. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know with grandpa though. It could be either way. <laughs> um. So yeah, I've been forbidden to give updates to the rest of the family. Um, yeah, that seems so... that's probably that seems legit. That does seem legit. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So yeah, it's it's been a really I don't even remember where I was going with this. Oh, it's been a really rough week. So I walked in with the food. And, you know, yeah. he's just like, how are you? I'm like, you know, I'm hanging in there. And he's just like, you know, I was thinking a lot about your podcast um, and your, you know, suicides. And he starts telling me a story. And he's just like, I feel like the world is just getting worse. And I was like, well, yeah, like a lot of people don't want to be here anymore, which is completely understandable. And right. We start having a deep conversation about it all, and and there was a couple of things that he said. Like he said keywords, like he was like, "I almost feel like, you know, it's um, it's." Oops, I was playing with something and then I dropped it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? It's funny because I was distracted too because I was trying to get something from under my seat. Without making too much movement sounds, but I was listening. <laughs> You're such a 
such a mess. <laughs> I am. I am. I was like, oh, Both I lost my toy. <laughs> Both of us are such a mess. And I'm just trying to figure out, how can I reach this without, and I can't, I can't reach it. I cannot reach it. My arms are, my T-Rex arms are not long enough. Damn it. Oh, no. Uh, I'm, forget it. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> um, it was just, he said some cute words. Like, he's like, I feel like, you know, people don't want help. And I'm like, it's not that they don't want help. I think it's, like, for me, it's hard to reach out to somebody because you never know which type A or type B person that you're going to get. Yeah. And so you, like, when getting help, you want your feelings to feel in, um, to feel validated. You right. don't want someone to be all like, oh, my God, I've been through this. Get over it. Like, I yeah, got over yeah. mine. You know, you don't yeah. want that. It's just like, oh, I feel so much better. Excuse me while I go shoot myself in the head. You know, it's yeah. Yeah. one of those things that that turned aggressive really fast (laughs) (laughs) that's how it's okay um it's one of those things where I'm like I when thinking about it like yeah I do want help but at the same time I would do it again and I know that's not the type of you know it's just like you're on you're on a little seesaw and so yeah always seesawing and it's like you 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 want help but yeah. you don't want help because no, like no help is going to matter. No help is going to be help. Um, For me, it's always it was always <clears throat> I'm not worthy of even uh, trying to help me because I'm a lost cause, anyways. Like like no matter too. what you do, no wouldn't matter what you do, I'm still going to be just as fucked up, maybe worse because now I'm carrying your the weight of your words. And the weight of what you've been through with me, too, because I take on everything around me. I'm like a magnet for, for bullshit. I, I'll, I'll take on your whole persona, all your sadness, all your dark stuff. Just let me carry it for a while. You know why? Because it's, uh, my backpack's already full, but I got another shoulder, you know? Um, that's just what I do. Yeah. Um, and... and I- then I feel like I can't, well, I'm supposed to fix you, but then whenever I can't fix you, then that's just another thing that I fucked up, you know, just another thing that I suck at. Exactly. That's how I feel, too. And, you know, he's just like, it's almost like it's self-destruction. And I was like, oh, it yeah. is. And I, was totally. like, I mentioned a song in my podcast, in the podcast, the first one, um, that talks about that. You know, she says, Lacey Storm says, when you feel like you're the only one you can trust... And it proves a lie when you're the one you self-destruct. And I'm like, yep. self-destruction. Self-sabotage, yes. It's, it's just you want to do this to yourself and you don't want to – you don't know who to go to when you're at your lowest. And, right. Um, you know, he's just like – it's just like it's just like a train wreck. It's just mm-hmm. – and I'm like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Train wreck by James Arthur. So here I am in the middle of the sales floor at our job texting him sending him songs that pretty much explain things and explain my feelings I'm like you have to listen to these and because I healed through music and just some of the keywords that he was saying I was like I have a song for that I have a song yeah, for yeah. That. <laughs> oh one moment please better understand where I'm coming from and where, you know, all the Sarahs are coming from. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, it's, 
it's life. It's nobody. No one's at fault. I don't blame anyone. I don't point fingers. When, when thinking about my suicide, no, I will never point fingers to anybody because it's nobody's fault. And I will never say, oh, I killed myself because of my family or I killed myself because of my job or I killed myself because my friends weren't there. And it's never a straight line and it's nobody's fault. And so to point fingers at yourself or at anybody else is pointless. And I feel like it's only hurting you more than it's hurting them. Yeah. Let me just say that, you know, my brother died from an accidental gunshot wound to the head. Russian roulette is not a joke. He was 14, and at his funeral, um, um, one of the the poems that I wrote, that I read there, I was inspired by a song that's older than you are, but I'm going to refer you to it because it fits perfectly. It's No One Is to Blame by Howard Jones, and and that was my point of reference uh, for, for one of the poems that I, that I wrote and read there, and I want you to listen to that song because it talks about just this very thing, and... And I feel like, you know, like when anybody dies, everyone, everyone that lost them needs to needs to try to compartmentalize the the pain that they're in. So if you die by cancer, everyone's in. Yes. Yeah. The the pain that everyone's in that lost you. No matter how you die, if you died by cancer, then everybody hates cancer. And which I get that, you know, or if you're murdered, you know, and then that's where as a society, we, we we're always looking for somebody to blame for our victimization. And I'm not trying to downplay that at any, by any means, because sometimes there are people to blame that need to pay for the, and and justice needs to be served. I get that. But sometimes it just is. And, 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 and holding on and harboring those negative feelings about, I can tell you that there's two people, maybe three for sure, but for sure two people that the first thing they said, whenever they heard that Taylor had died was, well, where the hell was Angela? How could she let this happen? Like, like my daughter wasn't her own grown ass person from birth. And like, I could control anything that went on with her. Like, I didn't just try to do everything that I possibly could to keep her from that dark place. You know, like I just said, fuck it. Let's see what, let's see how this plays out. You know? Yeah. Um, and then they want, then there was people that wanted to make sure that Daniel wasn't living with me because obviously this is my fault. And, and he needs to get away from me so that he doesn't, I don't do the same thing to him that I did to her. Um, I've been told that she killed herself to get away from me. I've been told that she killed herself because of, um, because of my drug addiction, which I'm sure that didn't help, but she had her own demons. She had a lot of her own demons and she was a really, yeah, she was a really good victim for a long time until she wasn't. And then once she wasn't, she was gone. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and she and I talked about that and she's like, well, who am I if I'm not struggling? Who am I if I'm happy? Like she couldn't. And I get that because I'm, I'm at that point now. Like, I don't know how to be happy full, full time. Me neither. So, so, you know, it's a very good topic that you bring up because every people do want to blame. They, they, they're trying to make a logical, logical trying to find something logical in an illogical situation. That's my, that's my suicide term right there. Finding, trying to make the log, illogical logical and it's not possible. You can't put a round peg in a square hole no, or a square peg in a round and hole. You know, it's just like, who am I if I'm not my struggles? Who am I if I'm not my demons? Who am yes. I if, 
I'm who am I without my ex that I've had for years? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's kind of where I'm at now and where you're at too. Like, my struggles, I mean, I've always said that I didn't want her suicide to define her. I don't want my addiction to define me either. But at, the, at some point, it kind of does. Because I, that's the only thing that I, that's the only relationship I've had consistently for 40 years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that was the only thing that I stuck to, <laughs> as fucked up as that is. And yeah. so I feel like, I feel like when I let, whenever I had to let that go, I had to mourn that loss, you know? And the depression too, <sighs> like the depression sneaks up and the, P- my PTSD pops up with no, 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 None of the same triggers ever. And I never know when it's going to hit me. Never. And when it hits me, it's not something subtle. It's a, it's a fucking gut punch. Like just, you know, and it doesn't hit me very often, but when it does, it takes me to my knees. My depression, my depression is sneakier than that. It comes in in waves and the waves are like, like that's a nice little gentle roll. And sometimes they just crash. And it alternates back and forth. It's the ebb and a flow. And, and, and what I'm finding is that none of it has any rhyme or reason. The best that we can do is to just make sure that we're loaded for bear with our mental toolbox, mental health toolbox. Mental health toolbox. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. You just have to make sure you got all your coping skills. You, I mean, and, and they hone, they, they hone that, that, that shit in our brains. Um, at, at rehab that, you know, and we, we all bitched about, you know, why do we have to do this, write this over and over and over again? Now that I'm out, I thank God that we had to write it over and over again, because when you're in panic mode, that shit needs to be second nature to you. It, it can't yeah. be like something you got to stop and think about. It's got to be second nature to you. to where you just roll right into it and not where you have to stop and go, okay, now what do I do? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't breathe. I can't do, you know, it has to roll. You, it has to be just like the next, always your next step you know exactly what to do and how to do it and you know and i actually have my own tools for panic attacks to the oh good anybody who has seen me have a panic attack knows that i can calm my own self down i don't need anybody Um, and it took me years to develop that and it's uh when i worked at the bank in texas I had a straight panic attack in the break room, and I think I remember. my coworker walks in, and he's just trying to talk to me, and I'm talking to myself, talking myself down, and he, that night, he called me, and he's like, I'm having a panic attack, I need your tricks, you know, I need your tricks and tips, and I was like, okay, I got you, I'm like, I think talk. I remember that, and it's, one of those scenes where like people know that I've developed a mental health um, toolbox. That's really yeah. I love that. I'm gonna use that for now. Yeah. On, you know, yes. um, when you're having panic attacks or when you're having a PTSD attack as well, it works just as well. You name oh, off yeah. your five senses. You count down. So it doesn't matter what order you go in. It just depends on where my mind's at. You know, five yeah. things you can hear and you start naming out loud, not to yourself, out loud of five things that you hear. Four things that you smell. Three things that you taste. Two things that you feel. 
one thing that you can hear. You know, you go through your five senses and you count down and you say them out loud, breathing through each one. Yeah. Take yeah. deep breaths. And it's- That's pretty good because that does make you like really focus on the here and the now. I like that. I like that a lot. That's pretty good, Brittany. That's really good. Thank you. That's my, that's the little game that I play. I call it a game. It's the five I would be afraid. Game. I would be afraid I couldn't remember all five of my senses. <laughs> I I felt like I just repeated my senses too. You like did, like you I did, but it's okay. One. Yeah, felt, you did. Uh, yeah. Hearing, <laughs> I, do that, hear- I do that quite often, and then I'm like, well, whatever. Sight, it's sight, sound. Oh, sight, sound. Taste, yeah. touch, and what's the other one? Wait, taste. Taste. Okay. Touch, feel, hear. Sight, eat. sound. Sight, sound, yeah, okay. So you, you know, you name it off. You go, okay, five, five things that you hear. I hear the cars around me. I hear the, you know, the trees whistling. I hear the air. You know, I hear. The- I hear my heart beating, racing in my chest. Yeah, and then you take a couple deep breaths. And then four things that you see, three things that you hear, two things that you taste. <laughs> you like the hearing you. one. That's the one I you do, repeat. I do like the hearing. I'm like, that's the one I keep repeating. But no, that's, uh, you know, you just go through your five senses and name it all. Yeah. I actually thought of another poem. So I'm going to go screenshot that really fast. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. So finding, finding a way to talk yourself down from a panic attack is... Like that's key to, from what I understand, um, I don't have panic attacks very often. Um, not enough to where I could say that's one thing that I struggle with. It's not, um, I have anxiety, social anxiety a lot. Um, and I have a very, very, very real fear of the unknown. Like, um, I have a couple of situations that have come up lately that. We're going to be completely out of my realm of, of, of understanding at first. So, and then they didn't play out at all like I thought they would. And, and I had to figure out how to deal with that too. So in hindsight, I'm looking and thinking, you know, okay, so if this happens later, am I going to be overwhelmed? If this happens again, am I going to be overwhelmed? How will I deal with it? And I really like that whole her whole uh, analogy, uh, I love that in your toolbox. Like that really brings you to center and, and, and makes you focus on focus. Like I, I've been told a lot of times, focus on your breathing. Focus on your breathing. Just put your hand on your chest and focus on the in and the out, the in and the out, the in and the out. And, and that helps too, but I really like the senses one. That's pretty great. Um, breathing. No, I'm just talking about uh, talking about like in an overwhelming situation. I've been taught to focus on my breathing, oh, and I it's called breathing. they're called I love breathing. Yeah, they're called yeah, me too. They're called grounding techniques, and and um, I have a lot of papers uh, from Safe about uh, you know about grounding techniques. But I really like yours, the countdown, because first you have to be mindful of 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 your surroundings and how you're you, you know be connected with yourself. Two, you have to be you have to focus on remembering your, your senses and you also have to be focused on the countdown, the backward countdown, you know, which may not seem like that much from five, four, three, two, one, but sometimes it is. And, it is. and, and you're yeah. Too. Yeah. I'm and I like that. I like that a lot. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I'm so proud of you. You know how hard it is for people with panic attacks 
to be able to do that and talk themselves down. Like that's like one of the hardest ones of oh, everything. I struggle. I struggle to get it out, but it's better to not think it in your head. It's better to say it out loud than not. To yes. Think it in your head. Oh, so absolutely. Rather, you know, rather you're still you, struggling to breathe, you can still, you know, get the words out. Or if you can't say it out loud, write it down. Yeah. Um, so this one is called explaining my depression to my mother, a conversation. Mm. This one, I feel like it's going to hit me right in the gut, but go ahead. I'm, I'm hold on. <sighs> okay. Okay. I'm ready. Grounding. Mom, my depression is a shapeshifter. One day it is as small mm. as a firefly in the palm of a bear. The next, it's the bear. On they, on those days, I go <coughs> dead until the bear leaves me alone. I call the bad days the dark days. Mom says, try lighting candles. When I see a candle, I see the flesh of a church, the flicker of a flame, sparks of a memory, younger than noon. I am standing beside her open casket. It is the moment Ooh. I learn every person I ever come to know will someday die. Besides, oh. Mom, I'm not afraid of the dark. Perhaps that's part of the problem. Mom yes. says, I thought the problem was that you can't get out of bed. I can't. Anxiety holds me a hostage inside of my house, inside of my head. Mom says, where did anxiety come from? Anxiety is the cousin, cousin visiting from out of town. Depression felt obligated to bring to the party. Mom, I am the party. <laughs> Yes. Only I am a party I don't want to be at. Mom says, why don't you try going to actual parties? See your friends. Sure. I make plans. I make plans, but I don't want to go. I make plans because I know I sure want to go. Find it. Sorry, I had this. Sorry, somebody is jamming in the parking lot. If you can hear all that bass, it's not me. Oh, I can't. <laughs> okay, good. Now I can't find hold. Okay. Um only I am a party I don't want to be at. Mom says, why don't you try going to actual party? See your friends. Sure. I make plans. I make plans, but I know I don't want but I don't want to go. I make plans because I know I should want to go. I know sometimes I would have wanted to go. It's just not that fun having fun when you don't want to have fun, Mom. <laughs> right. Um, mom says, try counting sheep, but my mind can only count reasons to stay awake. So I go for walks, but my stuttering kneecaps clank like silver spoons held in strong arms with loose wrists. They ring in my ears like clumsy church bells, reminding me that I am sleepwalking on an ocean of happiness I cannot baptize myself in. Mom says, happy is, is a decision, but my happy is as hollow as a pinprick egg. My happy is a high fever that will break. Mom says, I'm so good at making something out of nothing, and then flat out asks me if I am afraid of dying. No, I am afraid of living. Mom, I am lonely. I think I learned that when Dad left, how to turn anger into lonely, the lonely into busy. So when I tell you I've been super busy lately, I mean, I've been falling asleep watching Sports Center on the couch to avoid confronting the empty side of my bed. But my depression always draws me back to my bed until my bones are the forgotten fossils of a skeleton sucking city. My mouth, a boneyard of teeth broken from biting down on myself. The hollow auditorium on my chest swoons with echoes of a heartbeat, but I am a careless, careless tourist here. I will never truly know everywhere I have been.
And I lost the other palm. I don't know if I screenshotted that, but. Well, you can get it for next time. Um, I'm actually about to have to go to my aftercare. Uh, I have a therapy appointment in half an hour, too. So oh, okay. Well, see, then we're all, but, yeah. we're all getting therapized today, friend. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, uh, explaining my depression to my mother conversation. That's the poem. Um, so go look it up. It's amazing. It is. It was good. It was good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, and I, as always, Brittany, I love that our candid conversations that we have. I learn so much more about you every time we talk. And I live with you. I felt like I knew you better than everybody. But it just goes to show you that people hide some of themselves oh, away. That's true. And they and kind of I'm bury just everything, and it never stops. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I am just thankful that I get to talk with you on here because I love talking to you anyways, no matter if we're recording or not, but I just learn so much from you every time, every time oh, we do a show. Should I tell them about my dream? Um, yeah, <laughs> you're going to, okay, yes! I'll tell them about my dream. Okay. Oh my gosh. Uh... <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> I had a dream the other night and it was really weird. It was, uh, I was at my studio in a parking lot. <laughs> and as most of you know, the last, the first suicide series that I was in was two hours, two and a half hours, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so I had a dream this last week. Um, I dropped my headphones. Um, <laughs> um, I had a dream this last week. <laughs> That we were on air, we were recording, and then all of a sudden, I get a knock on my window, and there's police. Officer Kendall. is a police just knocking on my window, and I was like, Officer Kendall. What am I doing wrong? And so, it is Officer Kendall. Wait, yes. You got to give a little bit, not all the backstory, but Officer Kendall is... Brittany's favorite police officer that she has in her life somewhere, and um, I'm swooning over him. He is swooning. She's so a smitten. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and we call him Officer Candle because he looks like a candle. He's perfect, no rugged <laughs> anything. Like he, just, he has a candle face, blonde hair, blue eyes, nice. not rugged at all. No, not a bear. Which I'm like. Usually men with beard, I'm like, oh, come to mama. Like, <laughs> he doesn't have a beard. Anyway, totally. You're probably not doing much for his police officer uh, image, but calling him a, a sweet little Ken doll. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Uh, but we call him Officer Kendall. Um, and... So it was Officer Kendall knocking on my window, and I was like, that's weird. And I'm like, like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, you know? <laughs> right. I was like, this is where I'm sitting <laughs> in a parking lot talking on the phone, not doing anything wrong. Right. I can't tell you how many people do this. I rolled down the window, and I'm like, yes, officer, and we're still recording. And I'm like, um, <laughs> so you hear, I'm, I'm like thinking you can hear the commentary through the police officer, but you only hear me. Basically talking to myself. <laughs> and 
So I walked down the window and I was like, yes, officer. And he's just like, oh, somebody called the police to do a wellness check because you've been sitting here for a couple hours. And I was like, oh, that's so funny because we're actually doing a series about suicide. And he's just like, uh, and I was like, don't worry, it's not happening now. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I'm glad to, he's like, so like the recording isn't happening now and I was like oh no the recording's happening now but not the actual suicide part and he's just like <laughs> uh okay so when were you thinking and I was like oh not in the near future he goes well what does that mean and I'm like oh not like not that not tomorrow not tonight and he's like so like anytime in the next week and I was like oh no not anytime in the very near and I'm like he just saying all the wrong things and he instead of saying i'm suicidal right now i'm good (laughs) (laughs) you're just giving him ammunition to lock you up for longer than three days (laughs) i know i was really nervous and then i was just like i and i told him like well i'm doing it uh, you know we're doing the the podcast the recording about suicide um you know, in a parking lot because I don't really have a safe home. It's not violent or anything. It's just not supportive. It's not a safe home that I want to have this conversation in. And he's just like, oh, so do I need your wellness check at your house? And I was like, no, that's okay. He's just like, okay. And I'm like, I keep saying all the wrong things here. And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop talking. You can just go ahead and lock me up. Put me in handcuffs now because I... (laughs) I cannot say any of the right things here. And so that was my, I woke up, you know, we went recording. Um, I don't have the officer that I'm swooning over. Um, he didn't put the handcuffs, which is what you were clearly begging for. I just, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that was, I was like, I don't need a wellness check. Um, so yeah, he was doing a wellness check in my jeans. Maybe I did need a wellness check. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was the dream. Um, so so when you see him next time at work, are you gonna tell him about it? No, probably not. That would yes. be really Look, you know. Yeah. And, and I then, told him, and um, then that would be a great segue for you to get him to listen to your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so look, look, y'all. I've been trying to give her tips on how to get this guy to ask her out, or I mean, and so like if he should, if, if he did ask you about a wellness check at your house. You tell him yes, and then you come and take me to dinner because I'm going to be hungry when you get there. You got to get this guy in your life outside yeah, of work. Brittany. I know. And then, you know, he, like he's like telling me, he's like, okay, well, then I'm going to go. He goes, you know, you're loved. And I was like, thanks. So are you. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't really know you that well to know that you are loved, but I'm sure you are very. And I'm like, why am I like, I would never do that to anybody else. Like, I would never switch that around because I got nervous. I'd be like, yo, stranger, you're loved. You're wanted. Stay alive, baby. You got this. I would do that to a stranger without giving a shit. But once I was like, you are loved too. Well, I mean, I don't really know you. Yeah, but I want to. But let me love you. Get your handcuffs out, baby. Let's do this. So that was was my dream. It was a very odd dream. Um, But I I was telling you. I think you really need him to know you in, in, in an intimate way mentally. And that will make you feel more comfortable with him in other ways. That's what I think that means. 
I think so. You know, and I started off the conversation, and I was like, I had a dream about you and I. And the way that I said it, I was just like, oh, well, it wasn't a wet dream, Angela. It was just, it, <laughs> we were yeah. recording. She said that to me. I'm like, uh, uh. And she's like, well, it wasn't a wet dream. I'm like, okay, uh, thank God. Um, where, What are we doing that now, Brittany? Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> And then turns out it wasn't even really about me at all. Like well, I was I mean, there. You were in it, yeah. It was. Um, oh, barely, barely. Well, Just because it's my podcast, you <laughs> know. If I could hear, if I could hear that conversation going on, I'd be so in your ear, being like, "Brittany, say this." Da, da, da. You'd be like, "Shut up, shut up, just shut up." I, was, <laughs> I actually, like, you were laughing the whole time, and I'm like, "I'm sorry." Like I have laughing in my ear right now. Like I'm like, I can't. <laughs> Well, I got here laughter in my head. I'm so sorry. He's just like, um, excuse me. And I was like, oh, the podcast. I'm doing the recording. Like, <laughs> yeah, because he's probably like looking at you like, I don't hear anyone talking to you. Like, are you sure you're not? Are you okay? So after we were done with that conversation, he drove away. I was just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then the brunette to your bond between Sacramento PD. And then when I, when the podcast dropped, um, I listened to it, and you couldn't even hear the. You couldn't even hear the conversation with the officer. You just heard me basically talking to myself like I'm off my rocker, and I'm like, "That's great!" And then I just randomly like between Sacramento PD and Sacramento PD wasn't even in the recording. They didn't. Yeah. The microphone did not even catch them. So yeah, it was a really, it was a weird dream. I woke up. Yeah. And I was like, man. Yeah, and then I would probably get lots of viewer mail saying, uh, "Your friend Brittany's losing it. She's losing her shit. You need to help her." Where, what can we do? Is there a fund? What do we need to do to get her some help? Because she's losing her shit. <laughs> she is all for rocker, man. Oh, yeah, wow. That's so that funny. Was, yeah. It was, it was fantastic. It was great. That is fantastic. I would laugh, too. But I'd be like, Brittany, no, no, say this, say this. Da, 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 da. And you'd be like, shut up. And, it, and hitting the arm, like, excuse me? Yeah, it would be great. I'm not even one. talking, ma'am. All right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I hear talking in my ear. And like, he'd be like, let me step over here and make a call right fast. Like, I don't can even you, know what. Um, can you pop up in your trunk, please? <laughs> yeah. Can you step out of the car, ma'am? <laughs> oh, man. It was quite an, really it was quite an interesting dream. Yeah, I've got this really cute white jacket for you. Now, the arms wrap around the body <laughs> like a straight jacket. I want jacket. it to be pink. Pink straight jacket. Pink. It's it not pink, pink straight jacket. You don't need to be uh, customizing your straight jacket, ma'am. You're uh, supposed to yes, I do. I, I really need to be customizing my straight jacket. No, actually, you should just not be in one. Oh, yeah, I mean, I guess there's always that. <laughs> Oh man! God, I love you. You're like, I'm getting, you're like, fuck that! I'm getting my way. You can't tell me otherwise. Oh wait, yeah, no, okay, um, yeah. I'm like, I always, I always win. <laughs> I want to accessorize my crazy. <laughs> well, uh, I have to start driving home. Okay. Well, I have to go to aftercare and get therapized for three hours. So. The state of Texas requires it once a week. Yay. I do love it, though. I do love it. I'm working my program, so I love anything that, that, that helps me. I'm, I'm down for all day. Me too. So, 
I enjoyed our conversation, and I know we're going to talk again soon. Yep, sure. Are. We got to schedule it again. Another one. I'm a fan favorite, apparently, in case you guys know. Yes. Yes. Yes, you are. It's actually the two of us together, but but yes, we'll call it your your you're the you're the top. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you the that. Main character. <laughs> I agree. It is your show. <laughs> I love you endlessly, girl. I love you too. And I always appreciate the fact that you uh, are willing to talk to me. It's just scheduling it, but you always make time. And and I I like I said, I learn from you every every episode. <clears throat> oh, same here. Hey, all right. I love you. Uh, this has been the Blah Blah Blonde and Brittany, the brunette to my blonde. And we're signing off. Love and be loved, y'all. Bye. Bye.